Good morning, Tuesday morning, February 16th. So glad that you're with me today and that we are together in God's Word as always. And today, Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. As I've been talking about in this section in Colossians, Paul has started off chapter 3 with a positive word saying to set our minds and our hearts on things above. And then in the next few verses, he gave us a couple of sin lists. I said yesterday, <clears throat> a list of sensual sins and a list of social sins. And then he says, put them to death, put them away. And I asked the question, why yesterday and how? And I'm kind of answering, or Paul is answering the question of how uh, in his own way today. And uh, it's a very powerful way. And I want us to look at that. How do we put our sins to death? And of course, we do that in relationship with Jesus, always abiding in Christ, always. And so it's some aspect of that, of course, that we find the answer, because putting our own sin to death isn't something we do of our own accord. It's not something that we just simply snap our fingers and suddenly it happens, but, but rather we do it in relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the core of the gospel. And being sanctified in Him, that is, growing in Him, is also core in the gospel, focused on Jesus. So what we see here in verse 9, let me just read 9 through 11 quick, and then I'll make some comments. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its Creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Now, as you look at that verse 11, which I'll finish with today, you'll notice the divisions that maybe are coming into, uh, coming into their midst. And of course, we know that the Corinthian church was filled with the problem of divisions and of conflict. And it's also, of course, alluded to in verse 9, where we started, when it says, do not lie to each other. There were divisions, there were conflicts, there were challenges happening. I'm sorry I said Corinthians, I meant Colossians. Um, the division, part of the divisions in the Colossian church, of course, was uh, the elite Gnostic teachers who were trying to say, come with us and do it our way. And the, well, maybe you could say the regular folks in the congregation who hadn't, who hadn't gone in their direction yet. So there was these groups developing within the church. Um, notice the image that Paul uses here about changing clothes, really is what he's saying. Take off the old self, put on the new self. Uh, the image is of changing your clothes, right? Um, being completely emptied of your old and being um, uh, clothed with the new. And uh, a couple of things I want you to notice about that. First of all, it is something that we do. Paul is instructing them uh, to do something, to participate in some way in their own sanctification. We know from Philippians 2.12, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So God calls us to do something uh, in regard to our own sanctification. We're to participate with the Lord as we abide, uh, abide with Christ. But the work is not our, of our own accord. We don't we don't just simply change our moral clothing on our own power, in our own power. We don't, we're not able to do that. To just kind of like a light switch, shut it off, and then 
shut shut on or turn on the new self. Um, uh, we don't do it on our own power, which is exactly why Paul says in verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. That's Jesus. The creator is Jesus. Remember back in chapter 1, we learned that, in fact, Jesus, as part of the triune Godhead, Godhead was uh, participating in creation. He is the creator. And so as we are being renewed in the image of the Creator, we are being renewed in the image of Christ. And I think that's such a powerful, powerful image. And notice that it's an ongoing thing, right? That uh, it is a progressive, daily, ongoing thing that's happening to us, happening within us. It's not something that we just do on our own. It's, it's that process of sanctification that takes place in relationship with Jesus. And we participate through faith, right? We participate through faith as we believe in the power of God at work in us. Now, there are two important concepts, I think, come out of this idea here of changing your clothes, changing from the old self to the new self. And the first is that that changing of your clothes is a direct image of Jesus' resurrection, if you think about it. Because when Jesus rose from the dead... He left his grave clothes in the tomb, right? We know that from the Easter story, right? And so when people saw Jesus in his post-resurrection appearances, they saw him dressed as a normal living person, no longer in his mummy clothes from the tomb, right? And so I think this is the image, the, the deepest sense of this image of changing our clothes is we leave the grave clothes behind and we put on our regular, we are alive clothes instead. And so we're realizing, in, we're realizing in our lives that resurrection life that Jesus has given to us. Warren Wiersbe says that we are practicing our position. We are practicing our position. We already know that we're alive in Christ, that we're going to heaven, we're destined uh, to be a part of His forever family. We know that. That's our position through justification. But now we're going to practice it right through sanctification. We're going to live like it. We're going to live the life that we have, not the death that we used to have, right? So we're practicing our position. Now, a couple of verses on this that are parallel. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, there's a fantastic parallel passage here in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. Paul says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, there it is, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So once again, you see this same imagery, Paul's using it again, this time for the Ephesian church. Take off your old self, put on the new self. It's that image of changing your clothes, right? But what I also want you to focus on here in this Ephesians passage is when he says to be made new in the attitude of your minds. To be made new in the attitude of your mind. Now compare that back with our core text in Colossians 3.10 where it says, and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge. It's the same idea. In your mind, with knowledge, they're the same idea. And So I just want to highlight this for a moment because I think this is very important. 
is a very important aspect of what it means to participate by faith in your own sanctification. That is, to depend on God, yes, 100% depend on God, but there's something that we need to do to uh, kind of pull the trigger on that, and this is it, to be renewed in our mind, right? Um, to have new thinking, and I say it like this, to think with Jesus, to have the mind of Christ, and to think like Jesus, right? Um, uh, Philippians 3.10, I love this verse on the same idea. Philippians 3.10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. The idea that Paul is talking there again is to, uh, to know who Christ is at the deepest possible level, to understand who He is, uh, to know Him relationally, um, and, and, and this is part of the renewing of our mind. I love it. Romans 12, 2, I used this verse the other day already, but I'll bring it up again, right? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God is calling us to think truthfully, to think critically and carefully about everything in our lives, in our day, to think carefully about what we believe in the Bible, to think carefully about what truth is in the world, not to be deceived. And so this aspect of being renewed in our mind is a key part of how to put sin to death. Now, one more passage on this here, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, we demolish, uh, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Because what the enemy wants to do in this world is defame God and teach you lies about God, about truth. And, and, and Paul is saying here to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians, we're going to battle against that. We're going to demolish those arguments that are set up against God, and we're going to come to believe what's true about God. This goes perfectly with what we're seeing in Colossians 3.10, that, that putting on the new self is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the Creator. We're constantly, constantly, constantly battling the enemy's plan, foiling the enemy's plan in this world, to come to believe who Jesus really is, always. And not only the truths of who Jesus is in the Bible, but how that applies to us in our lives. And so it's a renewing of our minds as to who Jesus is in the image of the Creator. The more accurate, intimate knowledge we have of Christ and His ways, the better able we are to put on the new self. We need more of Jesus really is what it boils down to. We need more of Jesus in our lives. We need more knowledge, but not just knowledge. We need more relationship with Him. Um, uh, we, we need more time with Him. Uh, we need more fellowship with Him. Jesus said in John 15:5 and 15:7, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then verse 7, if you remain in me and my words, my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. And it will be given you, you see. Abide in Christ. 
And it has a lot to do with our knowledge of Christ and our relationship with Christ. More time, more knowledge. Better able to put sin to death. Now, I just want to finish up this section, verse 11, as I read already, in talking just briefly about these conflicts that the Colossians were having. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. At the core of all this is Paul saying to the Colossians, let's get back together in Christ. Of course, he's speaking against the Gnostic teachers, and now he's trying to draw them all back together because he's saying there truly, in the end, aren't any differences because we are all one in Christ, or we should be, right? There are no ethnic differences, Greek, Jew, right? Uh, there are no religious background differences, or there shouldn't be, that is, circumcised or uncircumcised. There's no cultural differences, or there shouldn't be. Barbarian and Scythian were non-Greeks, and so there were cultural differences there because the Greeks hated the barbar or the Greeks hated all the non-Greeks, right? And then slave or free, that's an economic difference. And so let's wipe out all the differences because we're one in Christ. As we come to Him, as we all abide in Him, as we all seek to be sanctified in Him, then we, as His church, here it says, there is no Greek or Jew. Here, that is in this church, in the body of Christ. This is our focus, not politics, not ethnicities, etc. The focus is Christ. And I pray the same always. I pray the same always for West Hills, right? Because it's about Jesus. So, how to put sin to death? Put Jesus at the center. Put Jesus at the center and participate by faith in the sanctifying work that Jesus wants to do by the renewing of your mind, rethinking all the time who Jesus is, relearning all the time who Jesus is, because Jesus is the center. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these wonderful words from the Apostle Paul. I thank you for the eyewitness that he was. Dear Heavenly Father, um, be with us today, I pray. Help this Tuesday to be a great day for us. Lord, help us to put you first in all that we do. Help us not to be discouraged by any challenges that we have, but, whether, but rather to bring those challenges to you and to say, Lord, by faith I live through these things today. Lord, we love you. We love you, and we dedicate this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You all have a great day, and I will see you again tomorrow morning.